Are you ready to take control of your life? Overcome the obstacles that have been holding you back. I'm Dr. D, and welcome to Quitting is Not an Option, a podcast that inspires and empowers you to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. I know what it feels like to be held back by past failures and setbacks as I myself lost a multi-million dollar business, home, investments, and marriage due to the bad acts of a CFO. But I rose from the ashes and recreated a new life, and now I am an accomplished author, gifted speaker, consultant, and life coach. And each episode will cover tips and strategies to overcome adversity, overcome fear and feelings of failure. We also have experts and special guests who share their inspiring experiences to support you every step of the way. Together, we can help you find joy in your journey while positioning you towards success. Let's get started. When we think of good business, it could mean different things to different people, such as ethics, hard work, a great team, good living, providing for your family, culture, social status, and the list goes on and on, depending on the people associated with the business. You have heard the term, all business ain't good business, which can mean, again, different things to different people, such as, this business is not worth the energy I have to invest. It could mean time commitments that you're not excited about. The money earned or the profits are not good enough. How about the headaches it brings? And how about the people required to do the job? It's always hard to find good people. Today, we will hear firsthand from an entrepreneur who can shine some light on the phrase, all business ain't good business. Joining us is Lena Bell. Ms. Bell is the CEO of Preeminent Protective Services Incorporated, a multi-million dollar minority woman-owned corporation. Ms. Bell co-founded Preeminent in 2001 with the principal mission of providing organizations with the highest level of security support services. That includes the protection of personnel, facilities, and information. Ms. Bell is responsible for marketing, business development, and overall strategic planning of the organization. Fast forward to 2011, she became the sole owner of Preeminent and has taken the company to new heights. Her goal is to diversify the streams of revenue to take advantage of the growth and development within the construction and IT industries, not often held by women, as well as providing additional professional services. Some of Ms. Bell's noteworthy achievement with Preeminent includes winning security contracts for 2008 
and 2012 inauguration of President Barack Obama. We applaud Ms. Bell for that. In addition, she was also instrumental in establishing a teaming partnership with one of the largest security companies in the country, none other than Allied Barton. That project, she works with them to secure the government buildings for the District of Columbia. Welcome, Ms. Bell. How are you today? Thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I feel honored to be here. Thank you so much, Dr. Carroll. Well, I'd also like to welcome our PFAM that's joining us from around the globe. And a special welcome to all of our new relatives who are just signing on for the first time. You are in for some good information on all business ain't good business. And as you know, this show is about quitting is not an option. So Ms. Bell is going to get right down to brass tacks and let us know how she has been able to survive and stay in the game. Ms. Bell, tell us what does the phrase all business ain't good business really means? Well, to us as business owners and entrepreneurs, we have to know and understand beyond a shadow of a doubt what our numbers are. And those numbers are going to give us the first indication of whether or not any opportunities that are being offered to us is going to be something that's going to earn us profit so that we can continue to move forward in our business and the type of challenges that we may possibly have when we take on that business. And if we don't understand what our numbers are, and if we don't understand what the perimeter and scope of doing that particular contract or that particular opportunity is, then we could find ourselves in deep trouble if we don't understand that business. And so it is very important for us to know what is good business and what does that look like? You know, where do my numbers need to be? You know, is this going to put me in a situation where I'm going to be able to move forward? Or is this going to put me in a situation where I'm going to bankrupt me and cause a whole lot of havoc? And not only for me as the individual owner, but what is the effect that it's going to have on my support staff? And then the actual employees are going to have to execute on a particular job or a particular contract. All of those things have to be considered when trying to decide whether or not I'm going to commit to a contract or take on a certain business or opportunity. Ms. Bell. That's great information. And we've all been there. Every entrepreneur can say that they have been there, done that. But how did you discover that? And how long did it take you? Well, you know, I've been in business for over 20 years. And after getting knocked around and abused, you know, from taking on contracts, that you didn't understand what the full scope of it meant, you learn pretty quickly that if you want to be able to survive long-term, you have to figure out the error of your ways and 
figure out a way around it and then make a decision that you're not going to make the same type of mistakes again. And so being in situations where you take on a contract and you start looking at the numbers and seeing that you're underwater and how are you going to be able to continue to make payroll, continue to have business development and other things that you need in order to run um, your business. And guess what? You're not in business just to make payroll. Well, you need to be able to pay yourself on a regular and consistent basis, and you need to be able to grow and get other business. And you can't do that if you are only making ends meet. Very well said. When you talk about getting those contracts and to stay in business, we have to have business and all business, we're right, ain't good business, but jumping out there to get that new contract and your margins, your profit margins are so slim, but you got in. So oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we jump out there and say, hey, I'm going to get this one just to keep myself moving, to stay in the game. But you're going to alternate the next one and make sure there's good profit. Now, we've all done that because you want to get in the game. You want to stay in the game, but you got to get in the game first. What techniques do you use and what are your thought processes around taking a project that is not well-defined as far as the scope is concerned, but most importantly, it doesn't have the profit that you're looking for. So how do you decide when you're going to slide one of those in? Because you're really going after market share. So I think first and foremost, one of the things that you have to have developed is a budget. And that budget is going to let you know what things you can take on that's not going to completely break you. And then you also need to have in mind a specific strategy of how you're going to use this particular contract that is not making you the margins that you're using. But you have to be able to identify, okay, if I'm not getting the profit margin from this, what else is bringing me value? Is it the relationship with the agency? And then if it is the relationship with the agency, what specific things are you going to be able to bring to the forefront that will allow that agency to see your value, to see your worth? In addition to that, you also have to look at distinctions that we can have. Like, for example, the woman owns GSA certification. We have to then figure out how we're going to utilize those particular items to move us forward. So I may have a contract that may not have the margins that I'm looking for, but it is going to request a woman-owned certification. And then I'm going to use that to say, hey, develop that relationship with the agency and to say, as a woman-owned, we can do this project. For the next project that you have coming up, maybe consider us as a prime as opposed to us just being a team and partner. And as you continue to look at all of the different strategies that are out there, you come up with a particular path that's going to allow you to 
Now, instead of being the subcontractor, you can be the prime. And as the prime, you can then make up the difference with those margins. And now you will be in profit as opposed to just getting the pennies, just to, just to say that you're working. Very well stated, uh, Ms. Bell. And PFAM, hear her clearly because, again, all business ain't good business, but sometimes we have to make decisions that are going to catapult us further down the road. So we'll take a project that is not all good, and it could be classified as not good business, but we're going somewhere. But as Ms. Bell said, you got to know your strategy. What is your strategic approach? So, Ms. Bell, what do you do with business? Tell our PFAM what you do with business that is not good for your organization. Do you keep it long term? Do you roll throughout the contract? Or if it's really losing that much money, are you willing to go to that entity and say to them, we can no longer provide the services for this project because we're losing money. And as a small woman-owned business, we cannot do that. Have you had to do that? I've had to do it very rarely because I really try to watch the budget, but it's a little bit of a challenge if you are the subcontractor because then you don't have the direct relationship with the agency or with the client. So what you want to do is you really want to strive for situations in which you can have a direct communication with the client or with the agency. But if you don't, you want to work a situation where if you are the subcontractor, that you allow the development of the relationship with the prime so that they can trust you to start developing that relationship directly with the agency as well too. So some strategies for doing that would be request to have a meeting with yourself, the agency, and the prime. And the way you do that is you want to let the prime contractor know that one, that you're trustworthy, two, that you're there to provide support, but also by having you in the room with the agency that the agency can then see that the prime and the subcontractor is actually developing and having a good strategic relationship. As a result, what's going to end up happening is that agency or that client will typically then want to make sure that the needs and the concerns of the small business is then being met. So then you can actually work that situation where you can tell the prime, listen, as a small business, we are suffering here. We need to um, go to the agency and get some more money and let them know they can use your status. Say, hey, you know what, agency, you know, we went in and we bid it at this level. As a large business, we have margins that can handle this, but our small business partner that we care about needs to make more money. So because you want us to have this relationship and because it's important for you to keep your numbers with the small business together, we're asking you now as a team to come in and make those numbers work. And a lot of times the agency, because of 
the small business relationship that's attached to that crime will go in and make the necessary adjustments to make sure that that small business works. And when you start working strategies like that, the primes will continue to now want to do business with you, especially if you stand on your own and you make sure that you are taking care of that prime, you're taking care of the agency, you're dotting your I's, crossing your T's, and they're not having to babysit you. You are holding your weight. You are performing. You are doing the things that you need to do as a true team and partner. And just because you're considered to be small doesn't mean that you can't perform. And you need to be able to prove that you can perform just as well. Beautiful. What percentage, I hear you keep mentioning the subcontractors and a prime What percentage of your business is subcontract work versus prime? Initially, when we started, we did a lot of work as a subcontractor. And that was, of course, a strategy used to help build past performance and mentoring relationships. But now as a business, I would say that maybe 15% of our work, we're currently subcontractor and the rest of the work, we're the prime because we've developed a relationship. We developed um, the reputation, the experience, past performance, and everything to prime the work. And as a result of being able to prime the work, we're able to control our profits. We're able to control just a lot of the things that we need to do in order to be a good business. Ms. Bell, as we dive deep into the topic of our show, which is quitting is not an option. And as entrepreneurs, we're constantly faced with tough decisions. How do we get beyond this? What steps do we need to take to adjust or reassess and so forth? Tell us a little bit about situations that you've had to overcome and why quitting is not an option for you. First of all, I would like to say that tough decisions is a daily thing and you have to determine what fights you're willing to get into. That's the first thing. Secondly, you need to have resources of mentors and individuals surrounding you that know a little bit more than you, that can help you to see things in a different light. And then I have a very strong faith base, and I truly believe that God is my source and my resource. And a lot of times people say that, and they just throw that out and not really knowing what that really means. And for me, it means that at the end of the day, ultimately, I have to go to my prayer closet and ask God to give me the guidance, to give me the wisdom, and to give me the strength in order to make the hard decisions. And to give you an example of that, I was faced with a situation where I was given a $13 million contract. And even though that sounded great, when I looked at my numbers, it was going to bankrupt me because the cost of the contract was 14.5 million. And I had to say to myself, you know, is this opportunity going to come again? And 
I had to truly go to God and say, you know what, God, you are my source and my resource. And I do not believe that you would put me in this situation and give me this opportunity for me to now fail. And what I did was I ended up walking away. And sometimes I kind of second guessed myself, but ultimately God showed me that walking away was the best thing that I could have ever done. And not only did he replace that contract, but he replaced it with other contracts that were far beyond what I could have even imagined. And so ultimately, we have to know that when we are faced with these decisions, we have to have a core structure of how we deal with issues and situations. Otherwise, it can take us out of here. Core structure. I like that. Can you share a little bit about your core structure and what else you do? I truly believe that God is our source and we must lean on him. And if the project is in his will for our lives, then guess what? It's going to be. But again, coming back to the term, all business ain't good business. You know, we jump out there in many different ways and God has something bigger for us. He may have something totally special and profitable and and you name it. But we're running so fast and so hard as entrepreneurs, got to get the next one, got to get the next one, got to get the next one. So when we get to that point, and it's very easy to slide away from God a little bit because we get caught up in thinking it's by our might and God is not listening right now or we forget him you know, when we're in the thick of things and we're running fast and we're moving. Not saying that's what you do, but that's typical of any believer to just kind of waver when things are facing you and you have to make a quick decision. But tell us about this core structure. What can you share with the PFAM, the PFAM entrepreneurs who need help in having that core structure? What are some of the things that make up your structure and how do you implement them? So several things. One, it starts with self, right? So making sure that your faith base is strong. So once again, like I said, I have core belief in God and then the steps that I put in place to make sure that it is a daily walk. It's not about what church I go to or how often I attend church, but what is the actual things that I do on a daily basis to make sure that I am strengthened so that I can have my eyes open. I can be able to recognize the opportunities. I can be able to hear that still small voice that's letting me know, hey, you know what, slow down here and so forth. So I have a meditation life. I cannot have a day without my meditation. So that meditation and prayer is first and foremost, number one, never missed. Absolutely no miss on that. And then on top of that, having people on your staff that you trust and that are smarter than you, that will bring something to the table that will allow you to make the types of decisions that you're able to make that's going to be a benefit to not only you, the individual, but to the organization, 
and to all of the people that make up the organization. So for example, having key individuals like a good accountant, tax attorney, your pricing person who's going to be working on your budget and letting you know, ah, this may not be the one or the person that's going to be looking at the opportunities and saying, okay, you know what, this one I think is a good fit within our area. There's no union involved, or there is a good union that's involved that we could work with. This one we can possibly team with this company and so forth. And having all of those pieces together and then having a strong operation team that knows and understands what your values are. And one of the things that I make sure that my managers know that it's important to me that they treat the lowest junior staffer. They have to know how important everyone is to the organization, which means that you got to treat them right. You got to talk to them right. And they need to know that they're valued. And with that said, I think if you are constantly letting your team know how much they're valued, and then that starts trickling down, it changes the whole face of the organization. And one of my goals is always to be one of the best places to work in this country. And it's interesting when sometimes I listen in on some of the interviews from my recruiters and I hear people say that we have been trying to get an interview and work with your company for years. And we are so excited that we're finally able to get an opportunity to work with Preeminent. And when I chose the name of the company Preeminent, Preeminent means to be first. It means to be foremost. It means to be superior to all others. And it also represented God because Jesus was preeminent. And so for me, I don't even allow anyone to reduce the name of the company to letters, PPS. The shortened name of the company is preeminent because I want it to be an affirmation, constant affirmation. And so all of those things are intentional because guess what? We are preeminent. Beautiful. So PFAM, you heard it here on Quitting is Not an Option. Ms. Bell said self, meditation and prayer, key staff, budget, and an operations team, and respect and value of the members of the team. Ms. Bell, what steps do you recommend for those who are interested in starting a new business? I hear you say you put a lot of emphasis on your name, preeminent. Um, and I know that plays a role, but what else can you recommend to our PFAM, those that are interested in starting a business? I think that to start a business, one, you have to make sure that you do the research of whatever the business it is that you're trying to get into. And then you have to be willing to understand how important the administrative aspect of that business is. It's one thing for you to have the actual talent or the skill set or the art of whatever 
product or service that you're going to distribute or what makes a business actually stand and grow is the administrative piece. And that is one of the things that I have found that a lot of business really struggle with is not having the administrative pieces that they need not taking the time out to understand, you know what, if I'm going to do business, what are the key administrative pieces that I need? I need to have an accountant who is going to be helping me to understand and manage the money and manage the numbers of if I'm going out here and I'm making cupcakes, how much does it cost me to make one cupcake? If you don't know, that it costs you 25 cents to make one cupcake and you are charging 15 cents for a cupcake, guess what? You're lost, okay? And all of that is going to determine whether or not you are going to be able to survive, all right? And so you need to surround yourself with key people that are doing what you want to do and are further ahead. And don't be afraid to ask for help. If you walk around thinking that you know everything and that you don't want to share or tell people about what's happening, then guess what? You're going to find yourself making a lot of mistakes that could be avoided if you just simply ask for help. And there are so many other resources that are out there, the SBA, read, 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 and make sure that you have some planning time. Educate yourself. Educate yourself as a business owner. You have to invest in your education, education about your business, education about your competitors, education about what is next, what is out there to help you to win the fight for keeping this business and making sure that you understand that, guess what? You have to persist until you succeed. That's it. Ms. Bell, protective services is typically a male-dominated field. How did you get into protective services and how do you manage working in a male-dominated field with your male counterparts? Honestly, I originally had a partner and I noticed that this individual partner was doing so much for other companies. And I encouraged them. I said, you know, you're pretty much running the company yourself. Why don't you start your own and encourage them to start their own. And we partnered together and I did the administrative side, had a degree in, in business management. And eventually, you know, the partnership went away and I became the sole owner. And I have a few rules when it comes to doing business in a male-dominated field, especially. One is I need to absolutely know my craft. So I need to know more than my male counterparts. I make it my business to know more. Two, I do not dip in the water with any of my male business counterparts. I have been approached over and over the years, but I think that as a woman in business, it's so important that you separate your business life from your personal life and you don't mix the two. 
And so I would say to anyone in this field, and especially in a male-dominated industry, you want to definitely protect your reputation. And you want to make sure that when you show up, that you have the level of respect and that they have the respect for you. And at the end of the day, when I get a phone call from Allied or any of the other big companies out here, they absolutely know at the end of the day that I will deliver. And that level of respect that I have built over the years, it's never going to be broken because of putting myself in a situation where I've allowed my personal life to now interfere with the business reputation that I've built. Ms. Bell, thank you so much. Uh, This has been inspiring and empowering. And I would like for you to please provide some information on how our PFAM can find you. Absolutely. My email is lbell at ppssvc.com. My direct line is 202-439-4966. And our website is www.ppssvc.com. Wonderful. Do you have any social media handles that they can find you on? No social media right now. Um, That's something that's in the works, but because we have such a niche market of security and protection, we don't do a lot of social media. Thank you, Ms. Bell. We appreciate you taking the time out to join us today and providing us with all this valuable information. PFAM, Thank you for joining us and best wishes to you. Allow me to leave you with Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Again, PFAM, take care and be safe. Thank you for listening. I hope you found today's episode valuable and inspiring. Remember, you have the power to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. If you want to continue on your journey towards emotional freedom and achieving your full potential, be sure to visit drdcarroll.com. That's D-R-D-E-E-C- A-R-R-O-L-L dot com for more resources and information. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that quitting is not an option.